Spooky, scary. It's date fright. Ooh. <laughs> when you say spooky, scary, what yeah. are you what are you making reference to there? Um, is it like the monster mash? No. I thought it was like the beginning of spooky, scary. They did the mash. No? No, no, no. What, what am I making reference it's, Is it something that you say to me? It's a song from an episode of 30 Rock, which you've clearly never seen. <laughs> no. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> and I suspect you sing that all the time, and yes. I picked up on it. Yeah. Oh, I do that all the time. It's so annoying. <laughs> I think I'm making some sort of deep cultural reference, but actually it's just something that you say to me. Yeah, werewolf bammets for oh. spooky scary. Boys yeah. becoming men, men becoming wolves. Oh, now I understand. Yes, yes. I remember. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. Moving on. It's our Halloween special. Yes, it is. Who knew we'd get to Halloween and still be doing a podcast? And, and still who... be married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a special a halloween special two halloween specials yeah yeah two you're right so we've i mean for once we've had our editorial decisions made off air mm. and so we've said we're going to release this one on the friday mm-hmm. and then the, we'll Second. have another one tomorrow so it's us choosing a halloween film for each other yes however <laughs> i feel like i've been reined in somewhat yes perhaps Yes. Yes. Do you want to share with the audience the limitations you put on my film? So, let's just make this incredibly clear. I am a complete weakling. I am scared by Mark walking into a room. I am known to just shriek if he just walks in. Could you rephrase that? Because it does make me sound somewhat of problematic. So I, just, I get scared by most things. Now, monster films don't get scared at at all. But anything supernatural so like the ring the grudge anything with a ghost in and you made a joke earlier on this week about casper the friendly ghost and i genuinely said yeah that would probably scare me because there's probably an element to it like when christina rishi goes into the house and it's like a big creaky old house and you don't know is like a little white like cartoon thing that you will feel some sense of like oh like the sixth sense right yeah big film at the time i went there with a big i think i was the only girl in the group big group of lads going to see the sixth sense had no idea what was going on i spent the entire film not looking at the screen i remember looking at one of the lads next to me and just looking at him and like just going i can't i can't look i can't look and i've never been able to watch that ever again if it's on the telly there are things in that film that I just, I can't, you know when she comes downstairs and all the cupboard doors are open, like in the kitchen, yeah. like I am fearful that one day I'm going to come downstairs and all the doors in the kitchen are open because some crazy ghost is in there, like genuinely. Like when I came down the other morning and all the drawers were open because you'd had been up in the middle of the night trying to find some headphones, headphones yeah. and I thought we'd been, been robbed or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a great big scaredy cat. Not like, you know, I love aliens. I love Jaws. I love all those sort of monster flicks. I watched another sort of underwater monster thing today. I love Godzilla, all that sort of stuff. But ghosty things, just, I'd be up all night. I'd not be able to sleep. I've got too much of an imagination, I think is where it comes from. I've, yeah. And all week, Elaine, because we've gone back to the old thing of not telling each other what film we're going to be watching. Um, and all week, Elaine's been like, what film are you going to pick for me? What mm. film? What film? What film? And I've said, I won't watch it if it's a spooky... Like, not sp- not spooky spooky, but I won't watch it if it's a haunted house, for example. I just won't. I refuse. 
end, end of podcast. Oh, special over. <laughs> Bye. Next one. Well, we're going to watch Paranormal Activity. No, we're not. No, we're not. I've never watched them. I never will. You'd be all... No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, no. I wouldn't. You. My mind is too active. I watched that when I was stopping in the hotel at three o'clock in the morning when Madness. there was like odd people just walking past the door oh, every now and again. Yeah. No, no. So I'm, I'm re- I am really scared. This is the first time where I've, I've really felt like you could pull something out of the bag that I'm, I just don't, I'm not going to be able to deal with. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, this isn't a... I mean, IMDb... I don't think you'll have heard of this film. Or if oh. you have, I don't think you'll know a lot about it. Right. The film we're going to watch tonight is They Live. Oh. Okay. And it's not got ghosts in. No. From what I know. Okay, what do you know about it? Is it more sort of monstery? Is it... Could it be, like, zombies? I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Yeah, say yes or I'm no. thinking of more of the undead. It's not zombies. I'll oh, tell you okay. that. But yeah, right. You will see. I mean, see. with the title of "They Live." Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, okay, I can understand it, why you think that. Is it that. a bit more like Michael Jackson's Thriller, where people are coming out of the gravestones and then doing a little dance? No. <laughs> Do you know who directs it? <laughs> nope. So it's a John Carpenter film. Oh, great! I know um, John Carpenter from The Thing, which yes. I really enjoyed. And there is some cast crossover between. Oh, is um, Kurt Russell in it? Kurt Russell isn't in it. Oh, he's the only one I know from okay. the thing. Okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'd be interested to see, like, character... Because mm. a lot of character actors were in the thing, weren't they? So Yeah, it's, it's 1988. It is... Oh, it's 88. Yes. An 80s film, amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, it was a film that wasn't really successful at the time, but has become, like, a bit of a cult classic. Am I right in thinking that it's a remake? No. Just in the way that the thing was all like the fly and you yeah. know they, they all had previous incarnations it's an adaptation of a short story right okay um but yeah i'm not gonna go any mm. more into it oh I'm, I'm really pleased i'm so happy <laughs> i never doubted you for a moment <laughs> yes, thank you, you my beloved you 100 percent did <laughs> i knew you'd come through in the end i never worried for a second <laughs> <laughs> right should we right. go watch yeah, it yeah yeah let's watch it cool, cool. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe, as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are, or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me! Put these on. They have us! Look at them! They're everywhere! We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on a TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like Tattletail. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum.
Do you think that David Icke saw this film and then had an epiphany? It was within three years that he, or two years, that he started going on his rantings. Wow. I've checked while we were watching it. It's really reminiscent of that, isn't it? That yeah. we're being controlled by alien forces or lizards in David Icke's way of thinking of it. <laughs> the elite are all um, from another world. Yes, and they're yes. keeping their um, and they're keeping control of the rest of the population. Yes. A lot of social commentary in this, isn't it? Just a bit, yes. Yeah, Carpenter's really gone for it. So, just to conclude, mm. this was less scary for you than Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yes, it was. <laughs> Genuinely, it was. Yeah. It it didn't have any of those supernatural elements. Although, having said that, there are scary sections in terms of the way that the aliens look. I think I much prefer... This sort of very old school, slightly hokey mask element yes. where you can see the person's lips behind moving yeah. to your CG. So, spoilers for They Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're already spoiled by <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, They're all aliens. For people who've never seen it, um, do you want to go through the plot? Yeah, so it's, you, we meet the drifter, as I'm calling him. I see at the end he's called... Nada, Nada, but he's John Nada in the original short story. Nada, but he's never mentioned on screen. His name. No, no. So like, and because he's got his backpack on, because he's wandering, because Mm. he's got his mullet. Yeah. I, I I, all the way through. I'm going. He's a drifter, and because there's a music in the background, every time he comes on screen, you like, you get the feeling that he's been travelling a long time. He's essentially John Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of that at the beginning was he's you know he's. He, he looks like he hasn't had a wash in a while and mm. he's just... And he doesn't speak very much as well. He has very little dialogue. Yeah. Um. So we meet him. He's down on his look. He meets a lot of other people who are down on their look as well. There's a lot of social commentary about industry and paying themselves pay rises while the workers lose their jobs. Yeah. There's a lot of commentary about homelessness and police brutality. Mm. So we see that there's a camp that various people have built up. They've built a community together of people who don't have any money, have nowhere to live, and they've built this camp just sort of on the outskirts of the big city so they can see the skyscrapers from it's where they Angeles. are. Yeah. But they are living hand to mouth and feeding each other and, and like I say, building this community like a, a homeless community. So, um, but various things come to come to his attention, including a church over the road that seems to be doing some weird things with sunglasses. He gets hold of a pair of sunglasses. He puts them on, and would you know it? Where we see advertising, in fact, it just says "obey" when yeah. you when you look at it through your special glasses. Uh, when you see the television, it says "no independent thought." So all the way, like completely across the whole of the um, the skyline, that's mm. all you see are all these messages of "obey," reproduce and marry. I think it was another one. Yeah, buy is another one. So consumerism. Um, so you're hitting everything, aren't you? You're you're. It's we can control you. You will do what we want. You are cattle to us. And the elite, which are mostly are these alien forms, which we don't really get to know very much about. Yes. They, they are controlling everything. There's a really interesting scene where there's two guys in a, in, um, 
in a suit and one of them is an alien so we can see that because we see the the face mm. and the other one isn't and the one that isn't is saying oh you're all right you've just got a promotion yeah <laughs> so yeah you get a lot of that sort of thing going on and so then nada the drifter mm. somehow manages to take down the take down the signal and that's how we'll leave it with him getting gunned down just as he shoots out the satellite dish yeah, because there's this plot point, isn't there, about television, which yes. I think a lot of films of the time were talking about. I'm thinking of The Running Man as well. Yeah, um, yeah. The film from the 80s, I think a bit earlier, um, that that spoke very much about, I mean, it was, it's really riffing off programmes that we have now. Um, yeah. In, in terms of like reality TV shows and putting pitting people against each other, mm. but that again was talking about the power of television and the con- the controlling power of television. So we we get that again in this film where this this signal to control us all is coming from a great big cable channel and a satellite on top of a on top of a big building. So he has to take out the satellite. Yeah. And then our eyes are opened, and that's how we leave the end of the film. Is it with people actually being able to see the alien creatures without needing the sunglasses or needing the the um they turn it they turn them into um what the, uh things that you put in your eyes contact lenses. Thank you. Yeah, they turn them into contact lenses at the end. Like mm, new technology for a bit of convenience. Yeah. Uh, so that you could have people walking about without sunglasses. Without these sunglasses on. Yeah. Because yeah. at one point I was thinking, oh, they're not wearing the sunglasses. How do they know that that's an alien? I was like, ah. Contact lenses. Yeah, it was a little two-minute plot point to make yeah. sure that Roddy Piper didn't need to wear sunglasses for the rest and of the film. That's essentially it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's quite a simple story when you think about it. Yeah, well, it was only a short story, just published in like um, a nineteen sixties kind of magazine, um, like essentially like George McFly's yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's incredibly. I mean, it's a ninety-minute film. There is a six-minute fight sequence in the middle of it. <laughs> we are it. going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we absolutely are. Because <laughs> I think that is what this is best known for now. The six-minute fight sequence mm-hmm. is hailed as one of the best stroke worst in Hollywood history. Fair enough. Go on. Oh, do you want to jump to it now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Roddy, Naga, the... Is it not, not Naga? Nada. Yeah. The drifter. Once is mate... Keith David. Yeah. Is it Keith David or Keith David's? Keith David. Keith David, who, when Keith David's name came up on the screen, favourite thing where the credits come up at the beginning, I said to you, how do I know him? And you said, from the thing. (laughs) From the thing, yeah. And also from, there's something about Mary. Yeah. Because he... How do you get the beans above the frank? (laughs) It's the dad that says that. Yes. Mary's stepdad. (laughs) So, yeah. And I, I think he's brilliant. He's <laughs> dialed down in this. Because obviously you know him from that very over-the-top performance and there's something about Mary. But yeah. he's very dialed down in this. He he just wants to work. He's left Detroit. He's left his family back in Detroit. Mm. He's come to the city to make money. He talks about how the steel industry has completely broken down. Um, and Roddy also earlier on talks about how the banks have all closed. You know, 14 banks closed down. So all, all these, a lot of this little bit of social mm. commentary little bit peppered in all the time um so he just wants to get on he just wants to work and he's a a laborer where where roddy gets a job later on but roddy wants keith david to know 
I do I love them. all the fact that they're just Roddy and Keith. I just Roddy, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know their names. Roddy, and Ke- Roddy wants Keith to know yeah. that the aliens are here. Yes. So he wants him to put the sunglasses on. Keith does not want to put the sunglasses on. So they beat each other up. In a, I mean, it doesn't stop. Yeah. It just keeps going and keeps going. And then at one point, Keith nearly, um, nearly steps on the sunglasses and we're like, no, <laughs> even though there's like a box of them. Yeah, there's a box of them just <laughs> somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. So yeah, it, it does keep going. And it was at this point, Mark, where something clicked in my mind because there were a lot of sequences where they were throwing each other around and landing on their backs yeah. and doing these turns. And then I thought, Roddy, I'm sure I know of a wrestler, like an old school wrestler that was called Roddy. Yep. And then I thought, Roddy's taking his top off a lot in this film and he is built like he d- his neck and his shoulders just mm. are one. And his back is just like bulging out. I mean, he's got he's got the little legs, but the whole of his like top half is bum 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 bum. You know, like wow. Absolutely. And then I thought, oh god, is he a wrestler? Is he that wrestler? Is he? Is it Rowdy Roddy? Yes, it is Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> so you've made <laughs> you've made me watch a film for Halloween that has a wrestler in it. Well done, you. I know, it's a massive pat on the back. That is amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't have got it unless they'd had that sequence, and they've clearly put that sequence in because he's a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is fine in this. Yes. There are certain bits where I think, wow, this acting isn't isn't even acting. It's just someone standing, being wooden, saying some dialogue. Yeah. But most of the time he's fine because most of the time he just isn't doing anything but standing and staring and watching mm. and you know he's just saying don't want any trouble as well at the beginning he says don't want any trouble i just want to work i want to keep out of things but then he just gets curiouser and curiouser about what's going on in the church yes and then he becomes this one man well it's rambo isn't it yeah rambo against the aliens yeah handpicked by john carpenter okay uh john carpenter had met him at a wrestling event um, and saw him as being the perfect person for the role because, and this is a quote from Wikipedia, unlike most Hollywood actors, Roddy has life written all over him. Okay. He doesn't, he looks like someone yeah. who has, and if you ever look into the actual life of Roderick Toombs, he has had a bit of a crap life. He's, oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he, he was essentially a drifter from a, a very young age. Right. Spent a bit of time in Canada, spent a bit of time in Glasgow. Just why wow. he wears a kilt. Yes, I was thinking, where's the Scottish connection, yeah. right? Okay. Um, I mean, he's about as Scottish as... Uh... Yeah, I was thinking... That's why I was getting confused, because I knew Rowdy Roddy, yeah. and I knew that wrestler wore a kilt. Yes. Or had some kind of um, tartan pattern involved in it. That's that's all I knew. And then I was thinking, well, it can't be him, because he's not Scottish. Yeah, so that, that's... Yeah. And you know what? To give him his dues, there's a section at the end of the film, a bit like Rambo, actually. You know the bit at the end of Rambo that we talked about when we did Rambo, mm. where I said it was a really beautiful piece of acting from Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, and you yeah. disagreed, but you thought it was he went too far with it. Yes. But he, when he's really emoting and he's really talking about things that make him very upset... Roddy does the same here. There's a, there's a sequence in the hotel with, with Keith David... 
where he's talking about how his father beat him yeah. when he was a child um, and held a razor to his neck and then he and then he left when he was 13 mm. and he he, he he drifted so i wonder whether that came very much from his personal experience that is roddy Toombs's life mm. um he fell out with his parents he got expelled from school and just drifted around getting okay. odd jobs um in gyms and things like that mm, so yeah uh, yeah. yeah it's he, he fits into it well yeah but i think he's fat i mean he, yeah. he, he um he was suggesting lines all the way through to john carpenter oh, no. <laughs> uh, the most famous line from this is i came here for uh, to <laughs> chew bubble gum and to kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum was one of his lines. Oh, that's terrible. That is ter- yeah. It is terrible. <laughs> it is. It's become an iconic line. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Oh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> you will... I, I, I suspect this is one of them films that you will see references to all the yeah, time. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. This has... I mean, the, when um, Obama released his Hub poster, people had a field day with a bit with the pictures of the oh, yes, I saw aliens. that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that but didn't get it. But yeah, right, now I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you can buy them online. It's, Ooh, uh, oh, oh, God, it's creepy. See, Mark showing me um, a picture of the Barack Obama sort of altered poster and those faces those skeletal faces that the aliens have are really quite creepy yeah really quite creepy they're quite they like really get you you know when you see they're like oh you get taken aback by it yeah i think it's i think it's quite effective for mm. the time considering this is probably a pretty cheap film i was just about to say it feels very low budget i would hope so but, but i like i like that about the carpenter films because yeah. then you know they're using the space they've got around them, it doesn't feel like a set. It doesn't feel like anything's been created by a computer. It just, it just feels like you're on a piece of land. Mm. And the, the structures on the land have always been there. And you're going down back alleys and you just feel like you're actually in the back alley as it has been. You don't feel like it's been dressed at all. Well, there's one point where... Um... Roddy Piper gets thrown out of a window by Holly, yes. the network executive. The woman. Who's played by um, the woman who plays Eva Lynn in The Master of the Universe. Oh. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Mm. Yeah, okay. And he hides out under kind of the support yeah. structure for one of... He's in the houses on Hollywood Hills mm. and he's hiding in the, one of the support structures underneath that. I recognise that from Grand Theft Auto, which is set in um, Los Santos, which is, yeah, obviously Los Angeles. Mm. Um, and yet you can drive around them streets and you can hide under... You actually pull have to pull down one of them houses from pull down one of the sports at one point. But yeah. So it is, it's very authentic to... Because mm. obviously that is based very closely on Los Angeles. And that it's not a set. This is just the yeah. streets of Los Angeles that yeah. they're filming on. That's mm. very effective. Mm. Can we talk about... Holly, yes. who is the the only woman that really has more than two lines in this. Or I mean, there are a number of women who are involved in the movement against the aliens. So I quite like that they were they're part of the the leadership group. They're handing out all the badges and things. It should like be that. the only named female. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I mean, this film has a real problem with naming people anyway. When we looked through the credits. It was very different times, there the way is, that they describe people. Yes. I mean, there is Frank, there is Holly, and there is Gilbert are the mm-hmm. only named characters. Yeah. So obviously, Ruddy Paper is not named in the film. 
and then everyone else is... Has a description, yes. which we would not use today. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't describe people by their race <laughs> yes. and then their gender. Yeah. You know, we, we really wouldn't do that. Or, yeah, there are some very misguided things yes. in that list when, when the credits came up. Just have a look through the IMDb. Yeah, um, it, it's very of the 80s. Yes. Let's not say any more about that. But no. yeah, Holly, because um, to begin with... I was thinking, oh, I don't like this turn. As a woman, your worst nightmare, or one of your worst nightmares, is for you to be going to your car and for a bloke with a gun to grab you, to shove you into your car and say, drive. Mm. And then to demand that you take them to your house where you live alone and no one else knows that you're there. Like, it's a horrible, horrible thing. So all the way through, you're thinking, God, he's like... Yes, he's in a difficult situation here, but he can at least say to her, look, I'm right in a... <laughs> I'm in a pickle. Yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm putting my gun away. I'm not going to do anything. I just need somewhere to hide out. I'm going to stick my gun over here. I'm not going to touch you. It's. I mean, it's not going to make you feel massively better, but at least it provides some sort of comfort to a man that you don't know getting in your car and demanding to come into your home and grabbing you by the arm. Like, that is terrifying. So I was thinking, oh, please don't let them play this for, like, something light. Please don't let them play this as after five minutes she gets chatting to him and actually she really likes him and then they end up in bed. Do you know, I really felt that might be where it was going. It could quite easily have drifted that way. But I loved it when she was like, I'm getting a drink. So she gets a glass of wine and he's sort of thinking, oh, she's, like, she's steadying her nerves. Yeah. And then she whacks him over the head with a bottle. And then I was like, yes! Even though I meant to like be, you know, behind Roddy and his alien quest. Mm. I was like, good, shove him out your window. He's got into your house. Never mind the aliens. This this man has invaded your home. I mean, that's going to be an expensive glazing job because it's a big floor-to-ceiling window. window, yeah. Mm. But then... Right, this is what I don't understand. I don't get this bit, right? Yeah. Holly later turns up at the meeting of the revolutionaries. Yes. The anti-alien movement, I'm going to call them. They yeah. don't get called that, but that's what I'm calling them. Because Roddy's left a pair of sunglasses in her beautiful apartment. Yeah. She's put the sunglasses on and she's seen the truth, right? So she turns up at the at this party, yeah. this, this gathering, and then... The aliens turn up to, you know, do a bit of police brutality. So police come in, they knock every, you know, they kill everyone that we know. So all the people that we 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 know, the, all the people that we've seen escape from them before, they're all dead. Yeah. Which was very shocking to me. Actually, I thought, oh, we'll see some of them come through. And then she says, oh, this is where the signal's coming from. It's coming from my cable station because she works at the cable station. She then disappears in the melee that is this awful mm. this awful event of them coming in and, and sort of killing all the revolutionaries. And then you don't see her again until the end where she pops up with Keith and Roddy going, Oh, there you are, Holly. Now we're in the cable we're in the cable studios. Come come on, we'll protect you, sort of thing. She doesn't say anything, but I turned to you and I said, oh, Holly's had a lot of time to put her hair up and a new jumper on. Because she didn't look like someone who had just, you know, fled from a scene. Yes. And then she just shoots Keith David in the head. (laughs) Like, just like that. He doesn't even get, like, an end scene. Mm. Gun head, gone. That's it. Just gone. And then she goes up to the roof with Roddy 
Like, she finds Roddy on the roof. Roddy's about to blow the signal. Yeah. And she threatens him with a gun and he kills her. Yeah. I don't understand what's happened here. Has Have the aliens offered her money? Because we get to know that the aliens offer people great wealth. They bring him on board, bring them on board. That wasn't my reading of it. Or is she an alien? My, no, she's definitely not an alien. But my belief is that she is working with the aliens all along. Oh, Right. Okay. So it's a double cross when she turns up to the I think meeting. That, that's been my reading of it. I mean, it works okay. either way because we know that, like I say, they are bringing people on board. Mm-hmm. But we also know that there are plenty of human people who are profiting from the aliens because they end up at this conference party mm. where we meet one of the drifters who's been brought uh, from earlier in the film yeah. who's been brought into the... Who I recognise. Oh God, I don't recognise him at all. I really hope this is right. I really hope it's right. The voice was with me the entire time. And I was going, who is it? Who is it? I think it's the drunk homeless man from Back to the Future. It is the drunk. I'm just looking it up now. Yeah. yeah. The one that shouts, crazy drunk drivers. Yep. Yep. His, oh, I'm so pleased. His name in Back to the Future is Bum. Because I thought he was called something like Brett or something like that. Because doesn't um, Marty, when he sees him... When he when he comes back from the future and he wants to make sure everything's as it as it was, I or back from the nineteen fifties I can't remember. Yes. But he says Brett or something like that, and let's like, call like, him a bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he would. I don't think Martin McFly would have done that. Anyway, I was really pleased it was him, and it was really good to see him in like a suit later on because, like you say, he is bought off by the aliens, and you see him at this conference. This, this sort of like New World Order conference yes. where they're, they're congratulating themselves on being really rich and giving themselves lots of money and lots of power and having everything that they've ever wanted at the expense of other people. And he's just been brought on board to that party. Yeah, and thinks that they've been brought on board too. Mm. Um, yeah, thinks they've been recruited because yes. he can't understand how they're there otherwise. Yeah. It, it's, it's got a lot it's got a lot to say politically I was thinking that it could be a really good film to remake and I don't particularly like remakes but I thought this could be a really good remake for now if you upped the um the set if you gave it a bit more money if I wouldn't want the CG but we've we've moved on in terms of mechanics and the way that we do makeup as well I think this would really speaks to what we're going through politically now. Funny you should mention that. Oh. There, for the last 10 years, there has been a proposed remake going around. Um, not so much of an adaptation of the film, but more just a reworking of the original short story. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, and the person signed up to write and direct is Matt Reeves. Oh. It's gone quiet, um, probably because he got offered money from Dawn yeah, of the Planet of the Apes Dawn, and War of the Planet of the Cloverfield, Apes. Cloverfield, he's the Planet of the Apes, the later Planet of the Apes films, and he is currently directing The Batman. And yeah, yeah, I think this was around the time he did Let Me In. Right. Oh, I'd love for him to go back after The mm. Batman. I'd love for him to go back and do that. The Wikipedia page just literally says um, mm. there has been, since then, there has been no new announcements. 
I think given the plan what's was, happening now, you know. The plan was to ditch the satirical and political elements. Oh. But I think the world's changed a lot since 2011. So it might just be that if it yeah. does happen, they get put back in. To me, that's the major draw of this yeah, film. I totally agree. I don't think it would have as much power if it was just, here's a bloke and he finds out there's aliens. I mean, what else? Have you, you need to have that underlying story of people dealing with unemployment, dealing with homelessness, mm. because otherwise it makes no sense that you've got the elite coming in and having all the power and the control. You've got to see it from the other side. Yeah, it's Bart versus the Space Mutants. You're nodding at that, and I had no... <laughs> yeah. No, I'm shaking my head. That is... So there was, a comp- there was a computer game released from The Simpsons back in the early 90s, which is Bart, completely unrelated to the TV show at all, Bart skating along, putting on x-ray specs, and some people are actually aliens, and he needs to take them out. Ah, okay. Which obviously doesn't happen in The Simpsons at all. Like, they don't deal with sort of alien races or anything like that. So, yeah, I wonder if that started life as a They Live game, and just sort of, yep, we need someone else to put this on to. Yeah. It's another stark ending as well, isn't it? And you get a, a lot of this with sort of horrors. The, there's not necessarily a happy ending and lots of people die and that's it. And it's like, just cut. That's It kind of reminds me of um, Cabin in the Woods. Mm, yeah, apart from, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers yeah. for Cabin in the Woods. Spoilers for Cabin in the Woods, but yeah, it, there was too much CG at the end of that for me. It just it became a bit messy, the yeah. ending for me. It, and it scared me, obviously, most of the way through that film. Because oh, it did no. have Well, it had ghosts in it and things like that. Not really. Yeah, it was very supernatural. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to know how many pumpkins I'm going to give? Oh, is this what, we're, this what we're doing now? Well, that's what I thought of while we were watching the film. Because <laughs> I was thinking, how many stars are we going to I can't give it stars for Halloween. I'm going to have to give it pumpkins. Okay, how many pumpkins would you give it? Well, I was going to give it three and a half pumpkins, but I'm upping it to four pumpkins because it doesn't involve ghosts, and I'm just really, really pleased that you listened to my pleas all week of wow. saying, please don't, please don't let me watch something that's going to give me nightmares, because this won't give me nightmares, this will really make me think, and it's a, it's a really good thinky film, it reminds me a lot of things like Dawn of the Dead, mm. where it's talking about consumerism, a lot of the zombie films do that. I am totally amazed that you enjoy this as much as you did. Yeah, I know, because on the face of it, I know, like, you're, you're smiling. On the face of it, this is, like, it's a little bit ramshackle, but... It I, stars yeah. a wrestler. I know. And the dad from Smoke <laughs> Mary. That's two of the best bits. Yeah, yeah. But Roddy Piper showing off his back and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And mullet. Yeah, the mullet upset me. I got over it pretty quickly. Why did it upset you? Well, it isn't an upsetting thing, isn't it? A mullet is an upsetting thing. It's a wrestling haircut. It's what they wear. It's just it's the fact it's the hair just all yeah. It's got lovely hair. I'm not entirely convinced his hair was that lovely. I, I thought he looked like he needed a good haircut. I think he need he's been using Timothy <laughs> or Vosine. Sorry. I, I wish I could have that. Hair. Take away half a pumpkin for the hair. I wish I, so it would have been four and a half. No, no, I'm, just, I'm taking them off now. The more you still talk about the hair, that's it. Right, I'm reducing it. Right. I think we've got another film to watch, haven't we? We certainly have. Right, well, um, there'll be another film coming out tomorrow. It's 
provided we get everything edited and everything yeah, yeah. Um, and yes we shall see you next time spooky scary <laughs> see you later bye it's now the monster mash and it's a graveyard smash it's caught on in a flash it's now the monster mash before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time. Then you can monster Young boy.